Listener Production. Okay, are you recording? Howdy! Now, you probably didn't expect to hear from us today, but here we are bringing you episode 48 of The Howie Games. It's not a normal episode, it's a special bonus episode, and only a short one at that, but it features a fellow who actually inspired the show in the first place. What about this? Four-time Formula One world champion, <laughs> Lewis Hamilton. Now... Bit of backstory for you. Two years ago at Albert Park, after interviewing Lewis for Network 10, I was chatting with some mates, talking about how with the constraints of modern media, there isn't really the time to get any depth or really explore your interviewees. It has to be short or sharp. That's just the way it is. One of the boys, admittedly after a few beers, said, you should do podcasts with some of these athletes you meet. My response at the time, what's a podcast? Two years later, almost to the date, here we are. Now, those that listen frequently to the show know that we send our great producer, MJ, to Singapore last year with one job and one job only, and that was to secure an interview with Lewis. Now, after the Howie Games footed the bill, and it was a big bill, we put him up at raffles, he blew the mini bar to pieces. The closest MJ got was this, as Lewis got out of his car at the track. Lewis! Lewis! MJ here from Australia. Good luck on the weekend. Come on, MJ. Seriously. Needless to say, Howie Games management was far from impressed. Lewis, Lewis, MJ from Australia. What a bloody turkey pickle. That was embarrassing, Pengy. Told you, pickle. He can't fire a shot, that kid. That type of gear is bad for our brand, Pengy. Not for much longer, pickles. Sack the clown, I reckon. Agreed. So... With the help of Network 10, we decided to pull in the big guns to get the interview sorted, namely me. If you want to get a job done, do it yourself. This chat with Lewis, thanks to Channel 10, Mercedes and Patronus, was recorded on the Wednesday prior to the Albert Park 2018 race. And although short on time, Lewis Hamilton, as always, was warm, friendly, thoughtful and really good fun. The bling he was wearing, (laughs) the bling... Which does get mentioned, wow, it was impressive to say the least. Enjoy this mini episode of the show featuring for mine one of the coolest athletes on the planet, Lewis Carl Davidson Hamilton, MBE, a.k.a. The Hammer. So when you search and then you find And know just where to go And thoughts that once used to cloud your mind You see clearly and now you know Mystery, what is to be revealed in King Selassie? I come on, children, try it with me. We want to reach Mount Zion. Lewis Hamilton, great to see you again as a four time world champion. Look at the smile on your face. What does that mean to you? Congratulations, by the way. It's Thank extraordinary. You. Yeah, I haven't seen you since No, no, every time I, I see you, there's another world title. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, well, I mean, it's been a while now since I've had it, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not a day that goes by it doesn't feel special, and um, but obviously, I've, like in a couple of days, I'm about to start a new, new chapter or a new championship. So I've not even thought about it to be honest. When do you have to decide? Right, that's it. The fourth is done. Now I'm moving forward. At what stage does that happen? It's generally like uh, in January when you start to train again, when you start to get back into the trying to gear up your mind set into attacking another season. And it's kind of discovery thing. It doesn't just happen one day. You're like, okay, I'm going to work. It happens over a period of time. Um, but yeah, uh, but it was a, it was an incredible season last year. And then to enjoy the last few races, and then into my winter break with peace and quiet. 
is it beyond your wildest dreams? If I'd said to a 12-year-old Lewis Hamilton, at some point you'd be a four-time <coughs> world champion, what do you think the 12-year-old would have said? Uh, I think my 12-year-old, I think I was quite confident. Right, <laughs> so you would have said, said it's only four? I'd say, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Honestly, um, my, my dream was just to get to Form 1, you know, and of course then I had the dream of maybe emulating Eton, but then I equaled Eton a few years, a couple of years ago, whatever it was, and now to uh, surpass him and, and now go into new boundaries and push new limits that I, I really had not ever contemplated. It's seen as a sport, motorsport, and especially Formula One, that it's for the rich and the successful and the well-heeled. Your story is very different to that. You didn't grow up with lots of money, and I think that gives people an opportunity to think, well, maybe I could do something like that, which is really, really cool. Do you see it that way? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think most people don't really know that. This thing, pretty much a large, large portion of the people that are watching, you know, it's a real glitz and glamorous sport. And of course, I live a different life now than what I did when I grew up on the streets. But tell, tell us about that growing up then. Well, yeah, I mean, I grew up in a council estate. Um, it is a very expensive sport, and I think it's even more so today. So generally, um, my dad said something a couple, like a year or so ago that we're kind of the last of a dying breed because the, you have to be very, very lucky nowadays to, to, to make it through. Because, I mean, I think a season in carting is something like 300,000 or f half a million a year or something wow. crazy. But, um, yeah, we, we kind of stumbled into the sport. It was something for me and my dad to do. And um, he had to have, we couldn't afford it. So he had, uh, had four jobs at one stage just to, uh, for the first couple of years, just putting, doing any job that he could get, putting for sale signs up, vending machines, whatever it may be, just to just to be able to pay for the tires, for the fuel. I was really lucky that along the way I got, to, you know, started to show signs of um, a talent and uh, some people started to give some free fuel, some free tires. So incredibly grateful to those who, who helped us along the way. But we raced, it, the people we were racing against. I mean, my first championship, for example, that we won, we, uh, we had this old battered uh, camper van, which became our home and um, it wouldn't go apart with the trailer on, on the back. It wouldn't go past 40 miles an hour. So it took us forever to get around the country. And, um, and it was, it, honestly, it, was, it looks terrible, but it was in, really comfy for us. Um, but the guy, the guy we were fighting the championship for, this is when I won the first championship when I was 10, this guy was like Richie Rich. He had the most beautiful RV camper. He was in the, the, he was in the top team with two engine, two mechanics, I think it was, and all the best engines, all the best equipment. And it was just me and my dad in the back of the, the back of this trailer. And we won the world championship. His wheel fell off in the last race. Um, <laughs> His wheel fell off. <laughs> so what, what do you say to your dad now? How, how do you think a parent for giving you that opportunity to sit where you do now? <clears throat> uh, is, that's a good question. I think all I can do is try to uh, represent the family name the best way I can. Um, I have this opportunity. I'm fortunate enough to be here for another year. I don't squander it. I'm, I work as hard as I can. I'm, um, me and my dad came to the test in, uh, in Barcelona, and before he left, he said he was really proud of me. So, I mean, there's not much more I can do than I am doing. Uh, I'm trying to be a positive figure in within the sport, but also, yeah, just try to raise uh, the name and shine it as bright as it can be. You are a positive figure in what is a very negative world in which we live these days. Mm. For you, when young children look up at you and think, wow, could I be like Lewis Hamilton? Mm. What's that like? Uh, I, don't, I don't think of that, really. Um, I guess it's kind of doesn't really feel... you must really meet real. lots of 
children that have that stars in their eyes when they yeah. meet you and think, well, if he's done it, maybe I could do it. Yeah, I do, but I mean, I don't know. I, uh, I remember as a kid looking up at a Formula One driver and meeting the, uh, you know, being in the paddock for the first time and seeing Formula One drivers walking around, and um, some of them were cool and some of them were not. Uh, some, in, in a sense, some gave you no time at all and some did give you some time, um, which was neat. I guess for me, I just tried to make sure that I connect as much as I can with everyone. For the kids looking up, uh, the, I think the great thing now is that it's always been a predominantly white, it's been a white dominated sport up until we came along. Mm. And now I'm, I, I travel the world, I'm at different events, I'd be at the, um, in, for example, New York or wherever it is in the world. and different uh, parents come up to me at these events um, from different ethnicities, you know. This woman from Africa came up to me, I was like, oh, I want to show you this. My kid on Instagram, he wants to be you. Then a, like an Indian family would come up to me. So I think it's, it's kind of broken the mold and broken down a door, a barrier maybe. And now people from different ethnicities are coming through, which hopefully still it's not diverse enough. You know, we've got a, we've got a team of nearly 2,000 people and there's a very, very small handful of, of um, different races there, you know. There's a lot of different nationalities, but, I mean, you find it hard to go and find another mm. black engineer or uh, an Indian engineer, for example. Um, we have actually Malaysian engineers come over with Petronas, which is, which is really great. They've got a great scholarship that works really well, so they come over for, like, I think, seven months or so. But still, we need to get more. But I remember when I was at school, when I would go racing at the weekends, kids, kids were like, where are you going? It's like, I'm going go-kart. And they'll be like, you mean to the fair? They didn't understand it. Mm. It wasn't an option on their, on their list of things to, be, to do in their order. And also, there was not a list of, hey, I could be a, a, an aerodynamicist. I can be a great mechanic in the mm. Formula 1 team. That wasn't on the curriculum, and that wasn't a part of it. So kids grow up not knowing. I think that's kind of an afterthought. And I think I want to try and help promote that more. Why do you think... <coughs> you're the best? Why do you think you're the champion? What are you doing that others aren't able to do, do you reckon? Well, I don't, firstly, I don't think I'm the best. I'm going to rephrase the question. <laughs> Why are you the best, you cheeky bugger? <laughs> it's, well, don't take it wrong, right? No. I mean, every driver, That's why you are every driver has to believe wholeheartedly that they're the best. Every athlete, every mm. person that's competing, you have to have that. If you would say, uh, Look at Roger Federer, or if you look at any of the other tennis player or sportsman, working every day to be fifth, this just doesn't happen. We mm. all believe that we have within us the ability to be the best. So why are you the best? And for me, I, I've had that since I was a kid. And um, uh, why am I the best? I, I mean, uh, I think it's constantly, it moves all the time. So you, it's not like you're the best forever. Um, you can be a best at one point and then the next week you cannot be. So it's really about just always wanting to elevate yourself, always wanting to push yourself beyond the limits, um, exploit your ability, but work 10 times harder than the others. And I think that goes back to where we started. You know, we had to work 10 times harder than the guy mm. that we were racing against who had it much, much easier. And we made, uh, we did a better job with less. So that, that's, that's, a, that's a much, it's a better feeling I would imagine. Um, and that's what I still have today. I still carry that hunger that I had as a kid, um, which I truly believe that the people that I'm racing with don't have. How much fun is it, for those of us that will never do it, how much fun is it roaring around 
Interlagos or Albert Park or Monza in a hmm. Formula One car. It's amazing. It's yeah. so much fun. This is Formula One. Yeah, I mean, people will... People watch it. I mean, it's very... It's the hardest thing ever. I mean, it's, it's so physical. Uh, obviously, the cars this year are more physical. They're faster than even they were last year. So it's... Um, it's a lifestyle that you that, that is very grueling. You're traveling around the world, which is there's all these perks of traveling around the world and seeing different different cultures. But it can also be a little bit of a lonely road. You're, you're, you know, you're training all the time. You're fasting. You're trying to keep your, your weight in check, which is um, crucial for mm. your weekend's preparations. Um, excuse me. Um, and what else? I mean, and staying in the zone from March till November, not dropping. You know, put one foot wrong. It's oh, jeez, man. And staying on the around the limit. It's I can't even express explain to you how difficult it is. You talked about trying to keep the weight off. Uh, I've been reading that you are now vegan. A lot of athletes in Australia have gone down mm. that path. Yeah. Was it? Well, I'm on the I'm on a plant-based diet. Right. So I don't really say that I'm vegan. Okay. Last year, uh, it's, I went in August. I said that I'm going towards vegan. Um, Do you was, feel better it for it? Yeah, I feel amazing. Do it's the way forward for yeah. I've met. I've also met a bunch of a uh, few different uh, footballers and different athletes that are that are going that direction. It's the greatest feeling. What's your favourite plant-based meal? If I said right, I'm going to whip you up. Hmm. What is it? Uh, pancakes. Pancakes. <laughs> pancakes. Vegan, vegan pancakes and um, yeah, I could have that all day long. <laughs> um, what else? Um, sweet potato. Um, yeah, what else? Sweet potato mash and I mean, I have it's kind of basic, really. Sweet you, potato mash. I'm still discovering what combos you can have. We're here uh, <coughs> with Petronas and the launch of Sintium with Cool Tech. Obviously, this year for you guys, less engines. Mm. You need those engines to keep going. Something yeah. like this from Petronas that's obviously going to help the cause, mate. Yeah. No. Um, this is my sixth year with Petronas, and the growth over that time has been incredible. And I think people that are watching. I just speak on my own experience, but I would imagine people don't really have much of a thought of when they go and pick up their road car of, you buy a car and you want it to go the distance and you don't think of what, what's gone in, firstly, to build it, to design mm. it, to, to make it last the, as long as it does. For us this year, we have this car that we only have three engines. Back in the day, they had three to four engines a weekend. <laughs> We've got three engines to do 21 races, and in those 21 races, you can't lose any performance. You have to have the performance. You know, you still have to keep all your qualifying modes which, you know, you want the max, and you can lose performance if you lose brake horsepower. This is where Petronas come in. The, the engine is the heart of the car. What we describe it as the heart of the car, and the fluid run through it. The more efficient and more uh, clean and uh, more effective that fluid can be, the further we can go. And that's really what the performance uh, that, that they've brought to our team in the past, just in, in the past, obviously, the last four years, fighting with this, new, particularly with this new engine, has been, you know, leaps and bounds. And uh, it's great to see, you know, I'm excited when you know, they tell me, okay, you're getting a new oil in Monaco, and it's gonna be, I'm like, how much time is that? They're like uh, 0.07 of a second. <laughs> to just get some downforce to cover that is a lot, you know? And I think, I think there's something like, I think it's since we've had this engine in 2014, I think it's something like 20% or 20, 20 or is it 40% or 20%? 20% of our, uh, the development has come from fluids. Right. It's huge. Can I ask you, it is hard to look you in the eye and not... Can, can I touch this here? What? This. Oh, the jewels? This is... Uh, 
<laughs> wow, it's, this is... These are quite small, man. You should, see some small? My, you should see some of my friends. Got some. Are these real? Yeah, of course they are. What are you talking about? Do you think I could pull these off or not? How would... I'll tell you what, man. You unbutton your shirt one step and you just put one of these on, change your life. Really? <laughs> Good. Really? Where do I go to get one of those? Um, uh, <laughs> any jeweler, I guess. Okay. I got these ones made, so... Well, I have to sell my house. No, you don't. No, no I don't. Okay. They're, not, they're not ridiculous. Okay. It depends which grade you get, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine they're a nice grade. Hey, mate, <laughs> before we let you go, you've always been fantastic with your time and warm and open. You've done it four times. You've been on the top of the mountain four times. Mm. Why don't you just sit back, relax on a boat, look at your jewellery, play your music, buy your clothes, and just live a good life? Why are you still here now? Because I never did it for all this stuff. This is all just the perks that you do, you get. I did it because I always loved racing, I just, and I still do today, and that's really what feeds it. But I think also we only have one life. You've got to live it to the max. You've got to strive for, you know, to live your life to the best of your ability. For me to sit back to and watch others drive and uh, say that they're better than me, for example, <laughs> just doesn't sit too well with me. So, um, And I'm really fortunate that I still have the opportunity to continue to do what I'm doing. It's a great platform also to connect with people see different to see different worlds as I travel around the country um, around the around the globe and uh, it feeds that competitive spirit in me that there's no other thing nothing else that I'm going to do beyond my racing that's going to feed that competitive spirit so I've got to feed it for as long as I can really um, and uh, and every year it's uh, as far as in my mind I don't have four championships in my mind I'm going for that one this year that's how I set myself up every single year so there's that one championship to be to be taken, to be won this year. And I want to be the one at the top of the hill. May you have a wonderful and safe year. Thanks for your time, your openness, and your generosity. You're a star, mate. Thanks, man. Hope you enjoyed that mini episode with Lewis Hamilton. What an absolute star. Hopefully somewhere down the track we can get a little bit more time with the great man and bring you a full episode. Stay tuned as always. This Thursday coming up, episode 49 of the Howie Games featuring cycling superstar Anna Mears. Until then, peace and love. And we can do it if we try, try, try. If we try, try, try. If we try, try, try. Listener.